DJ and PK, we are joined now by Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. You know, Bowler, one thing I always think about you and, and guys like David Locke and, and you know the analysts you guys work with is, you're in the arena a long time before the game starts, and you see a lot of the same people, and you know people on other clubs, and there's familiar faces, and you just talk about stuff that's going on. And it's not really newsworthy at the time, but when you look back, sometimes it is newsworthy because it's a foreshadowing of what really is kind of evolving inside the business. And so now as people talk about the NBA finishing up in the summer, maybe so late, that pushes the start of the next season back a month or two. Suddenly, there's a December to July or August calendar there, and if it works, it takes them away from the NFL. Presumably, it gives them a chance to make more money and not compete head-to-head with the NFL in so many markets. Is this something that, you know, three years ago, someone was thinking about an arena and just killing time at 5.30 before a 7 o'clock game or 4.40 before a 7 o'clock game? Is this something you've heard of, or is this really a recent development? I think it's really more of a recent development, you know, because of the circumstances. I mean, I think there's always conversations of uh, what ifs and what do you think of this idea? I mean, I think everybody kind of noodles around all sorts of different things. But, you know, last uh, just months ago before uh, the coronavirus, you know, the talk was about, make, you know, maybe the thought of doing midseason tournament type, you know, uh, scenarios. Uh, that was intriguing. And now you have to start thinking about if we do play sometime later on in the summer or early fall, how does that impact the beginning of next season? So, you know, I think we just have to wait, obviously, until uh, we see the curve of this virus turn downward and we get a, a, a long period of, of flat you know, time. And I think health, again, comes into the most important play, uh, you know, through this whole equation of what what the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball will do, it's uh, it's kind of a day by day scenario, no doubt. So many folks, you know, you reach whatever level you reach in your particular field, whatever that might be, and you got there because of your diligence. You put in the time as you're growing up, and then you get the job. You put in the time, you get improvements <clears throat> and promotions. You put in the time. So my point for you is. These coaches and these folks, so many of them that are involved now because staffs are huge compared to where they used to be, they're used to putting in the time. It's just in their DNA. You know, they wouldn't know what to do with themselves if they didn't have their jobs at hand. You know, you get vacation, but now's not the time you'd be, be, be vacationing anyway. So I'm wondering, because they don't necessarily know what to do with themselves now, what do you hear that the coaches are doing with themselves because I'm sure they just don't want to be wasting time here. You know, I got a really good answer to that, and I found out yesterday uh, during our pregame that we're doing prior to Jazz playback, we actually had Donovan on. And Matt asked him that same question, and the three of us had a really fun conversation. It was good to see Donovan, by the way, via Skype, Zoom. And, you know, he actually has been talking to coaches, 
strength and conditioning conditioning coaches because those guys will really play a big factor in how these all these players um, try to at least stay in some shape. And then, of course, when they get back on the floor, how long will it take for the players or the league to get back into playing shape? And that's a concern, obviously, because you don't want to have to deal with injury after all this. But uh, Donovan is in, I, from what I understood, you know, he's in contact with the, the strength and conditioning coaches. I think they've mapped out uh, regiments for the players, as he mentioned to us, uh, to just, you know, try to stay in shape, uh, eat the right foods. The Jazz are very particular. All NBA teams are on calorie intake. You see that when we travel and fly. And of course, at the Designs Bank basketball campus, you know, uh, special foods are made for athletes now to burn certain calories. And it's it's a science, guys. It really is. And so this is probably one of the biggest tests uh, that all the NBA trainers uh, and coaches uh, are under, undergoing, trying to stay in contact with their players and making sure they continue to try to stay in some sort of, you know, formidable shape. Because you never know. You know, you, you want to try to build up to the return when that happens. It will one day, but when that is, I don't know. So it's kind of just a hit and miss, I believe. But Donovan was, I think, really upbeat. Uh, he's trying to, you know, hit the treadmill and just trying to do things that would keep him in better shape than me. I know, <laughs> I know that. So, uh, and all of us. But I think it's just a science that is being tested right now. And uh, I think the players are, are very much in contact. Uh, with their coaches and training staff on a daily or, or weekly basis. I assume that most of the coaching staffs, most teams know, you know one or two, and they brought out maybe three or four, but probably one or two teams are going to play in the first round of the playoffs. And now mm-hmm. they've got time to study those two in depth on film and maybe even look at that third and fourth team just in case something crazy happens in places where the race is really congested. I assume coaches are uh, are deep in film trying to get an edge for the playoff series that aren't that far away whenever they start playing again. Right. You know, the Jazz uh, had 18, I believe, 18 to play, and that was uh, the Oklahoma City game. And strangely enough, the 4-5, if that's where the NBA would decide to pick up the season just in the postseason play, then that's your first-round opponent would be a a home uh, and away series uh, with a home court advantage of the Jazz in round one as the four and five. Now, if they decide to trim away some of the non-division games down the stretch, then maybe you get a uh, 10-game season into the playoffs. You never know. I'm sure there's multiple models that the NBA front office is discussing and continue to, to plot. But again, I think it changes on a daily basis as long as uh, the virus is, is where it is today. I mean, New York is the hot spot, and that's where you hope that things start to settle down sooner than later. And uh, again, I think there's multiple scenarios, but really you can't pin anything until, uh, until things get much, much better. I'm fine with whatever they decide. I really don't care as long as it comes back in some form, even if it's a modified form. But what do you think right. about these rumors we're hearing about getting everybody in Vegas and doing it that way? Man, PK, that's another interesting one. You know, everyone has theories, and I've heard multiple ones, and that's the biggest one is to say, let's. I'm not so sure if you want to put everybody into one place when you've been preaching, you know, that to, to have proximity and, and give people space. That's and, and 
it sounds pretty like a big undertaking. But also, though, I will say this, in the broadcast sense, if there's just one building and you just had one broadcast, basically, now you can play in two buildings, the Cox Pavilion and, and Thomas and Mac. I'm not sure if that's, if, if that's the scenario, but you could probably, like Summer League, bounce those games and get quite a few games played, whether it's noon, two, you know, four, six, whatever you do, um, and how you play them. But it's intriguing. I'm not sure if it's it's something that you want to do. But again, uh, leave it up to the experts, I guess, when they decide to make the call. Yeah, I've also uh, heard speculation that they could use other courts and rent out the whole MGM or the whole Orleans or something. Yeah, true. And so you could have four games going on at a time, so you could play eight or 12 games in a day if you chose. So it seems like the options are out there. You know, one thing I read was that it went largely unnoticed, but that in the um, state of the league, state of the sport address, the commissioner does, that Adam Silver mentioned the coronavirus in passing in his All-Star Week remarks. And so when I hear that, that's a little hint about how many things they're thinking about. You know, they've obviously got ties with China, and they heard what was happening in China, so they're working on stuff all the time. Now, in retrospect, maybe it should have been story number one at the All-Star break, but it wasn't. And it only got mentioned afterwards, but one of the reporters who was there went up and and dug it up and and mentioned it a couple weeks ago. So I guess that kind of goes to the point of how many things the league office is juggling all at once. Oh, yeah, it's, I, I can't imagine, uh, again, the scenarios and the day, daily briefings that they get. Uh, and again, knowing that the NBA was impacted to such a high degree and then other you know leagues followed, I mean, they're kind of maybe in their own minds in the forefront of just the, the whole process uh, of, of where we go from here. So maybe in, in that regard, Adam Silver is the leader and and the the return to, to major professional sports in in many ways. So, you know, I it's I don't know if you know you can go back and, and look at it. And even though Commissioner Silver said and mentioned it as you mentioned during the All Star break, that was it, it happened so quickly too. I mean, we heard about it, and there was some, you know we remember we discussed this prior to uh, to the shutdown you know, about maybe playing in front of empty arenas. And that would be one way to protect, you know, the players and, and maybe get through the scenario. But then it just escalated to such a high degree. And here we are today. Uh, I think it just it just was like a wave. It rolled through and all the scenarios that were were discussed never came to fruition because it just it just happened, guys, so fast. And here we are today. It's hard to believe we're in Oklahoma City uh, three weeks ago yesterday, and it feels like six weeks. It really has the month, the month of March. I don't know how you guys felt, but for me, that was one of the longest months of my life, uh, just waiting and waiting. And here we are in April now, and instead of talking about potential playoff pairings, we're all in this waiting mode, and I know it frustrates a lot of people. So, obviously, this situation is far more serious than the lockouts that they've had over the years. Absolutely. In terms of, yeah, no, there's no question about it. But in terms of restarting the league, whenever that might be, 
how much do you think that the experience of having the lockouts can benefit the league to be able to go at a fairly quick basis because they basically already had that. This is being a much more serious than a lockout, but they've gone yeah, that's, through that's, starting it up again when they didn't know. Yeah, when that's it was a good point. Up. Yeah, you know they do have experience on how to restart, right? So uh, that's one model they have to reach back at and potentially pitch to the owners and the players association and say look here's what we like to do and i'm sure the players association will be very involved as they always are and making to protect the players but also giving you know the, the guys time to get back on the floor uh remesh uh, i think most of these guys obviously are true professionals and uh, health on their side hopefully they can adjust fairly quickly uh but i think again though the caution this time pk i think will be a little higher just because of the circumstance right i mean yeah virus is probably that's a scary word and obviously you know we know how uh devastating it's been uh but i think it's all fluid uh, and, and until they get on the floor what they need to actually legitimately be back in plain shape and you don't want a series of hamstrings and quads and ankles and Achilles and all those things have got to be a major concern, too, and making sure they, they kind of work themselves back into that, that level. So, man, it's that those are all great questions. And, again, I'm sure the computer models are, are, are hard at work trying to figure that out because, as you know, guys, we're in a world of stats and feeding numbers and getting computer readouts on what, you know, how the body's going to react. But I think, too, you have to, there's still the, the human factor here. How do you feel? <clears throat> Are you ready to go? And you have to trust yourself, too. And, you're, and I think no one knows their body better than the athlete. No one knows their body better than you and I of how we're feeling. And I think that has to come into play and in part of the equation, too. Bowler, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Hey, guys, I know Joe's coming on. Uh, here's a sad uh, thing, but I'm starting to drink coffee. I, I don't know what's going on here. I, um, <laughs> I've never drank coffee before, but Joe's got me kind of intrigued about it, so I'm, I'm trying it out. But that's the Joe Ingles factor, one, the fun fact of the day. <laughs>